The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. First thing, our grief, because let us be honest, we're not only grieving for the loss of, of, of our loved ones, we're grieving for the loss of, 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 of our celebrities, mm. we're grieving for the loss of our normalcy, we're grieving for the loss of the ritual and the loss of the capacity to mourn in the traditional way and being there for people that we love. And in that grief, when everybody is grieving, sometimes we feel that uh, we must avoid subjects because uh, we're just opening too many wounds for everyone. Mm. So we haven't. We haven't had that collective mourning where we actually do cry because, mm. you know, as there is something about that process of just passing out and, and crying. And particularly for for us as, as, as the African nation, because, you know, there are uh, cultures that frown upon and, you know, just passing out and crying. But we, we do that and it makes us feel better and we feel that we've actually gone through the exercise mm. of mourning and the exercise of crying. But, I mean, I believe that all is not lost because in that grief, in that grief, uh, we learn something about our lives. I think the loss of, of anything gives us an opportunity to actually revisit our, <clears throat> our own mortality and reflect on the way we live our lives and what we might want to change to become better. Mm. When you are listening to stories of people who have contributed so much to our mm. society, people mm. who have sacrificed us so much for the South Africa that we have today, you begin then questioning yourself, am I doing enough in addressing the challenge of present day? What can I do? Because sometimes when you do uh, that person, that person represents an ideal and something that you hope you can be. And if we take that grief and turn it into useful energy where mm. where we then implement, we then revisit re- re- and reflect on our lives. And then perhaps we we uh, guide that still with our jealousy, jealousy. So we don't only focus on what we lost, but, you know, if, 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 if you have one parent, if you have lost a mother, Mm. You guard your, the presence of your father jealously because, yes, you lose a parent and help again an, an ancestor, but uh, there is one parent that still require your full attention and you cannot dwell too much on the absence of one, of, of one parent. What you're describing there presents part of the challenge of this moment and it extends beyond just one's most immediate family to relatives where you have families who are losing grandmothers, uncles, mothers. And it seems that while you know you want to be able to grieve the loss of the person that has passed on, you're also having to deal with more relatives that are ill and you have to actively contribute towards helping them get better and it can all become a a bit overwhelming Uh, what are the tools that you have been you know working with with some of your clients on on how to navigate the space in particular because again we don't really have 
the time to mourn in the way that it used to be before. You know, you, families are losing loved ones on one weekend. Uh, before the week is done, they're burying more loved ones. You know, I, I, I think one of the difficult things, let, let me just start by the fact that we need to have appreciation of the families that have lost people. Because one of the things that those families are unable to say to us loudly and boldly uh, is to say, please do not come. My mother or my sister died because we went to the funeral. It's one of the things that we are unable to, you know, families that have lost their loved ones are unable to say. And then they can't stop people who are coming in. I actually watched on television this morning and I was watching uh, some crossings outside Jackson House. And I was just like, I thought, can you imagine the fear? Uh, Jason Charles had COVID as well. Can you imagine the people who are forcing the metals and are going to that house? It's a little bit too much of a crowd. And what is going on to the family that knows COVID and has experienced the pain of COVID? And, you know, they will be seen as rude. One member of the family saying, mm-hmm. honestly, guys, it's okay, it's okay for you not to come. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're dealing with, uh, 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 my best friend lost her mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I started to organize it. I've always organized how can I support her. Uh, it, 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 you know, because I knew that I was never going to go to, to the funeral. But the day after she lost her mom, and uh, while she was arranging her, way, uh, her trip back to and she said, I'm just making arrangements so that I can see, uh, do you want to sleep at a hotel or are you coming mm. to my house? Mm. And I just realized that the normal way is that if your friend lost their mother, you don't even yeah. think twice. You can't tell a party. It's not, it's not an months. option. It's not an option. So you go. And for me, when I went to see her before she left, and I said, you know what? I can say you have an engagement tomorrow. That's why I can't go with you tomorrow. But I would be like, this is what is going on. Your mom and your dad, uh, your mom had COVID. Mm. Your neighbors are going to come in and you won't be able to control it. Mm. And then you are coming in with your friend. It is the rest, my friend. I'm going to be there for every moment, Mm. but not for this one physically. So one of the things that I tell people is that it's now that it's time that we learn and know more about people that we are close to, that are close to us. Mm. So, for example, in her case, I know she's big on on birthdays, mm. and the first birthday of her mom is coming in the next three months. So, I'm already in my mind thinking she's probably not going to travel to KZN, mm. but I need to be there in one way or other for that birthday. And I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have collected some of the pictures with her mom. So I'm already thinking I would create a montage. So we almost need to, you know, the first year of anyone passing, there are many firsts for the family. Mm. How can we be there for those firsts if we're not there? Because sometimes we think the family needs us in the first six days, first three days, and the funeral. Sometimes the loss is felt more. Six days later, once everybody is gone, once people are no longer busy with organizing the event that is the funeral. So we need now to think that post the event, mm. how can we be there emotionally for these people? What are they going to, what are things that are going to trigger mm. uh, their loss? 
So it's one of the things that, uh, you know, we always, and one of, also another thing that um, we, we tell our clients is about building your resilience. And building your resilience is about losing two children in a car accident and only one survives. Mm. But you still don't lock yourself in your house and, and, and allow that loss to take over and neglect a human being that is there, that still requires you as a happy mom and as a happy parent. Because the the privilege of being human is is that we lose the loved ones and we feel the grief. It is is our normal. The race that which is happening might not be normal, Mm. but it is our normal. And people walk with that and they still live. You know, when I looked at the story, because a lot of people right now are speaking about the passing of the late um, uh, of, of Minister Jackson and Campbell. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded of the kind of the family tragedy that he went through recently, as, as recently, I mean, I think last year or years, two years ago, losing one of their daughters. And I think it was intentional, for example, to go to work with Tuli one day to Parliament when he introduced Tuli. Mm-hmm. Because he remembered that what they've always said about we're not always there for family for, for their family. I think in his mind he was correcting uh, some of the mistakes of the past of the choices mm-hmm. that he made mm-hmm. as he took uh, this, uh, 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 he took part in the struggle for the liberation of South Africa. Because a lot of people made those choices where they were not there for their family. Mm-hmm. But he was very inten- intentional about truly about us asking that it's not just texting the name, it's texting the husband, it's texting uh, the father. So I think, it, you know, he did this and perhaps whatever happened and Tuli also being ill, being infected with COVID, I think Tuli would have those found memories and that would give Tuli's uh, will to leave because also her mom is still here. Mm, mm. And they need each other as much as they needed the people who have passed. Of course, the laws, you, you never forget. Uh, the loss of the parent of my, my mother 15 years ago. Mm. But there are moments but you turn this energy into something that is positive. But we can't ask of anyone of this in the first three years or, you know, they will learn because we mourn differently. We are all individuals. They will find a way to cope. But we can only give the people the basic and that is the knowledge that somebody else has gone through what we have gone through. And they still they still find the world to live and the world to love, mm. the world to find joy in smaller things, and the will of just being present Mabi, and live life fully. I, I want to go back to 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 something that you were speaking about earlier, and this is around your best friend. And the reason why I want to stay with that example is because it's what many South Africans are struggling with right now attending funerals even the president has has warned us around this issue that many people are spreading COVID, getting COVID due to the the numbers that we're seeing at funerals and people insisting on going to funerals. So I want us to just look at that issue a, a, a lot more because the, the conversations that happen around this are not easy conversations at all and not everybody un, is understanding. So I really want to hear how you and your friend were able to to navigate that and, and get, to, get to the other side. You're live on the talk. 
talking point. Of course, I think, yeah, I'll open the phone lines too and maybe take one or two calls. Uh, just, you know, your own reflections as you're listening to this conversation. You can call us on 011-714-2006. You can send those WhatsApp voice notes and messages on 0614-104-107. And we'll continue this conversation after this. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. You're live on The Talking Point. We continue our conversation with Mapi Mklangu. She's co-founder of Love, Legacy and Dignity. And Mapi, just before we went to uh, the break, I was speaking to you about how you were able to not attend the funeral of uh, your mother's best friend and still be able to keep that relationship intact because that's what people are mostly afraid of when it comes to saying no to not going to uh, funerals. They're afraid that they'll completely ruin relationships. You know, one of the things that we um, we teach when we do our workshop at Love uh, Legacy Dignity is um, is having life-affirming conversations, having difficult conversations before it's too late. Now, immediately when I heard about her, de- uh, her mother's death, and I heard that she's going the following day. It was like, oh, she knows that the following day I have an engagement. I have an international engagement in the evening, and she's living in the morning. So I could have said to her, listen, I have an engagement. But I knew that deep down this was not true. And because we've had that kind of a relationship, they say, find a way of telling me the truth, even if you have to soften it a little bit. But don't mislead me. And I felt that saying to her, I have this engagement, as much as it was correct, it was, it was the truth, I thought it was misleading. So I went to her before she left there just to see her, and I said, listen, this would have been easy. it would have been easy for me to say this, but I need to have this discussion with you because I need you to be able to have this discussion with others. We have already experienced COVID. I cannot go as your friend. You already know the kind of relationship that your father and your mother have at the shower. In fact, they lived alone. And when they were ill and, you know, it was getting serious, I I had a friend in, at the shower and I found the friend's father and I mentioned the name. And he knew this guy because everybody else, everybody knows him. So it was always going to be an event that is attended by people, more than 50 people. And I had to be honest with him to say, even if it was 50, I am so scared. The whole trip to get grocery for me, I know I'm exposing myself to danger. Because no matter how, you know, how many precautions we, we, we take, it is such a ruthless disease. And we need to be able to have this conversation, that green friendship where mm. you actually listen to the person and say, in the absence of me being able to go with you, how do you want me to be there for you? Mm. Mm. And sometimes people, uh, they don't answer that question, but sometimes we need to sit there for an hour and just listen and not be the one who come up with solutions. Mm. I said my piece that I'm not going. I needed to listen to her. And she was, and I could see her processing it, say, hey, my friend, because honestly, even me going there, I'm going there with a prayer in faith that God Mm. would look after me, that I can't Mm. get it Mm. again. So suddenly it dawned on her that 
you know what? Yes, I expect this because that's the kind of friendship that we've always had. If mm. there's something at her house, I'm there. Sister is getting married. I'm there two days before. But this is these are different times. So I think, but people are, are very different. I, I knew that the hard truth was going to land on her, no matter how hard it was, you know, it was going to come out. You know your friends. Um, you must have, and I think people must have that discussion now to say, friends, the, the likelihood of me making it to the VIP list of your funeral is very clean keeping mm. the size of your family. Mm. You know I might not be able to be there for you. Like I was, you know, yesterday, I, I was thinking, I was thinking like someone else, someone who might be selling you in Jackson Live, and Jackson has made a change, like uh, his young spokesperson. And I was sitting thinking, there's a possibility that she's not going to make the VIP list, mm. even though this is a, a person that he spoke to more than 10 times per day. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this is the reality mm-hmm. that is here. Mm-hmm. Now, there are people who are going to force their way and go to the house anyway. But he is in the presidency. He must represent. So, so it's sometimes how to be there for other people who cannot go to those funerals. Mm-hmm. For close family members. Because we need to find a way of saying, do our sitting, do I send the flowers? How do I find the address to yeah. To her house now, these people that no one is going to look after because the, the attention is the family. But there's another family. You know, we, we have uh, has, uh, a work husband. That's a thing. And, and sometimes you are living with a possibility that someone that you have worked so close with, you're just not going to cut it in that VIP list because our families are big families. And how are you going to be there? Mm. For that family. So if, mm. for example, if, 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 if that person was your best colleague, you might want to, to, to think afterwards because the process of the family coming in and doing the paperwork happened after that. So you might decide that I'm just going to be the additional point person who asks them every time, are you getting the right service mm. uh, in, in mm. the institution? Mm. How far with the things that you're trying to do? Do you have a car to come to work to come and find the paperwork? Shall I organize a car or an Uber for you to come and do the paperwork? So for your colleague, it's going to be sometimes those little things that you try to be there for them. You can't go to, uh, go to the funeral, but you know that the process doesn't end with the funeral. There are things that they still need to, to, yeah. to do at work. Are you going to put together a montage about their work? Are you going to frame some of their best work? Um, are you going to, if the person is in the broadcasting, are you going to go to archive and find some of the best stories or some of the bleeds that you have in the system mm. and send to the family to say, I see this is something that you never saw on TV or, or, or on him doing tech things sure, and doing PTC. Sure. So, so there are small mm. things that we really need to, be, to think a little bit deeper and be creative to be there because those things, they will bring a smile to the family where it costs the funeral yeah. and how to be there for them post the funeral. The funeral is an event, but grieving is a process and how to be there for them in different processes. All right. And how, and the need in our WhatsApp group 
to start that conversation that, mm. guys, are we aware that we're living in time? As much as we chat to each other every day, that there is a strong chance that I'm not going to attend the general of your family. How would you, how would that make you feel? All right. We're going to have to leave it there for today. Mabim Klangu is co-founder of Love, Legacy and Dignity. Definitely, we need to be a lot more creative in the ways in which we can mourn, as you've heard her say. It's just after midday. Sakina Kamwendo is up next with the update at noon. Uh, Sakina, a, a very good afternoon to you.